Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Union Digital Bank a fully digital bank with a mission to empower every Filipino everywhere by providing easy access to digital financial services for consumers and businesses. Union Digital Bank partners with startups to co-create financial products to meet the needs of their customers. Contact Union Digital Bank to explore how they can power your platform with embedded financial services. For more information about Union Digital Bank, please see their website at www.uniondigitalbank.io. Stay updated by following them on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Also by Shoppable Business, your number one source for procuring products for your business in the Philippines. Discover authentic branded products online. Shop bulk, save big, and secure authentic products with official sales invoices at Shoppable Business today. Also brought to you by Paymongo, the payment gateway for business growth. Paymongo allows your business to accept online payments from your customers through Visa, MasterCard, GCash, GrabPay, Maya, online banking, Buy Now, Pay Later, and many more. All with just one platform. Sign up for free at paymongo.com. And brought to you by SeekCap. SeekCap is a lending platform powered by UBX Philippines. With SeekCap, you can easily apply for a loan from 5,000 pesos up to 1 million pesos from the comfort of your own home nationwide. Visit www.seekcap.ph, sign up, and apply for a loan now. That's www.seekcap.ph. Take your business to new heights by seeking capital with SeekCap. It's now... 
about paying it forward. Like my own greatness is shaped by the people that trusted trusted me. So now maybe it's time for me to help others discover the, their own greatness. So that's kind of how I'm shaping all of the other things that I I do in my life. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here is your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share podcast. We have a very poggy guest today again. Uh, always nice to have amazing uh, founders and also people that help grow startup pay. But again, without further ado, let's welcome to the show the Chief Marketing Officer of Big Pay, Mr. Chris Mangera. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. It's nice to be actually be back uh, in the Philippines, and uh, hopefully, I get to share something. All right, there you go. Again, so when you say you're back, obviously, Big Pay is a fast-growing ASEAN fintech company, and uh, Chris obviously is the one responsible for creating and accelerating the overall marketing growth of, and scale of Big Pay as a go-to challenger bank in the region. So I love talking about regional play because sometimes uh, the Filipino startup ecosystem obviously has a, a microscopic view sometimes or a tunnel vision of what only goes on. In the Philippines, but if you look around in the region, there are a lot of similarities and differences. Of course, yes, the language and all that, but consumer behavior and you know, uh, in for play are very much similar. But before I get carried away, Chris, I need to ask you the million-dollar question. Chris, what's your hustle? All right, uh, thank you for asking that. I've been waiting to be asked that question. So as mentioned, I'm part of Big Pay. What we do is we try to level up the lives of our customers across Southeast Asia, one transaction at a time. Nice. What I do as Chief Marketing and Growth Officer is to make sure that that happens. They're well-informed, they're well-aware, and they continuously maximize the tools that we offer them to provide uh, better financial services and eventually uplift their lives after using Big Pay. I think across Southeast Asia, you've, you've said it correctly, Everyone would have access to different financial services, but I think we want to take it a little step further in terms of making sure that we offer them the right tools, knowledge, and information so that after using Big Bake for close to a year, they feel a difference. They feel a That's significant amazing. difference. All right. So again, for just for those people who, again, sometimes you have to laymanize and super make it super basic. What is Big Bay real quick? Okay. Big Bay is a fintech. We call it Neobank, fintech digital services, et cetera. It's many things. But at the end of okay. the day, it's about convenient access to financial services. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're able to pay with your pay, pay card or QR payments across Southeast Asia. Uh, you're able to seamlessly uh, also make payments across AirAsia because that's part of the bigger ecosystem that we're part of. Um, you're also able to get loans digitally, send money uh, across the region and, and, and across the, the globe be able to get insurance and eventually uh, later on start saving getting investment. So it's your full-fledged um, financial services, nice, but delivered digitally. So everyone would be familiar with it in each country. There are uh, those that uh, are similar models, uh, but I think the difference is we want to take on a more regional role and we want to leverage, uh, let's say, ecosystem and partners like AirAsia that we have today. I love it. Okay, I'll just flex a little bit. Uh, since, since joining Big P, 
this company has grown 2x in transacting carded users because of this guy. So again, we'll be dissecting that later, later on. But I need you to buckle up real quick, Chris, because we're going to have to ride the Hustle Share Time Machine. Oh, there you go. Before we talk about, again, big payment, fintech, and all that, I want to see the OG version of Chris. So, Chris, again, every hustler has their amazing origin story. What was the first um, first experience you've done hustling or were there any influences to how you hustle today when you were growing up? Okay. Again, one of those key segments of your interview. I, I want to start. Like, I came from the province. I think that's Which one? always uh, Tarlac. Uh, Tarlac. Tarlac. Okay. Yes. So studied elementary high school there. So when I went to Manila for college, I was like, it was new for me. And I've always had that, I call it like internal self-doubt uh, growing imposter up. Imposter syndrome. College. Yeah, uh, imposter syndrome of some sort. Uh, but I think in general, to, to your point, I've learned to understand early on that for as long as you listen to the, I guess, feedback of the people that matter to you, like my parents, family, and whatnot, like you'd always have that confidence to just push through. Like even if you have to fake it at the start. So I guess fundamentally that that's how I was like uh, growing up. So I went to the college. Uh, uh, I finished uh, at the University of the Philippines, Manila. UP. Um, mm-hmm. UP fight. So or- organizational communication was my course, but uh, I started actually as biology because <laughs> I wanted okay. to be a I wanted to be a doctor. Ah, oh, pre-med. You were trying to do a pre-med. Okay. That, that was my pre-med. So a few things. I did bio for one year. And then when I realized, this is 10 years in the making. Um, <laughs> and we grew up, I call ourselves like, we grew up pretty comfortable, but um, my dad was an OFW. My mom was a housewife. That was her choice to take care of us, etc. Mm-hmm. But there was a point in our time that, in our lives where there was just, there was there were challenges and struggles and mm-hmm. I it wasn't a pressure for us to like give back but I said like I'll take a more like business centric course finish in four years start working and because I want to give back so it's more of like I wanted to do it so I shifted mm-hmm. out took on Orcom um, because it's the closest business course within UP Manila because UP Manila is mostly science course yep, so, Taft. Mm-hmm. exactly so so yeah I, I finished that. And then, as mentioned, with that self-doubt, I always have this internal mantra of like, no, Chris, you're meant for greatness. Whenever I have doubts, I just tell myself, you're meant for greatness. And greatness for me is about understanding that greatness is personal. Like, it's something unique to you. It's something you don't try not to compare with others. Uh, So if I wasn't as good, let's say, in academics, I was like an average student. So where where can I be great? So I tried to compensate and find other avenues where I could be great. So I could be great in extracurricular. So I joined and founded new organizations. And I said like, oh, if I start applying for jobs, they would look at my grade, but I need to compensate other things. So I, if you like, if you can imagine, like I've actually tried to squeeze in like six to seven internships within my third to fourth year wow. in college, because I wanted a talking point. Like when they see my resume, oh, you be, oh, seven internships. Like how, how did this happen? So I did that to kind of stand out and find other avenues of greatness uh, and then join competitions. So just shout out, like I joined Mark Prof, uh, founded by Josiah Go. Yep. Uh, shout one out. Of the known, yep. Marketing uh, folks in the, in the Philippines uh, recently launched book. So, so joined that. I had again, self-doubt, but 
I finished. I pushed through. And like I finished as a valedictorian. Like so Ooh. it's like a competition, like a thousand students, and then wow. seven weeks boot camp. Like every week there's like a, a case study and, and you present to actual business uh executives of each company they partner with. Mm-hmm. And that's where I find Globe. So Globe Telecom was one of the sponsors of Markro. Mm. And after I graduated from that program, uh, they offered me a job. So like my graduation in UP was like April. Okay. As early as Feb, I already signed like uh, a contract with them to to, uh, to join. So, so that so was they like, were able to scout you very early. But I want to step back real quick because that's just very, very, very interesting. I, I took the same path. I sucked at a student. I didn't. I, I wasn't a student of, of uh, that that was meant to thrive in a classroom. I knew that again, man. These geeks are always going to kick my ass every time. Exactly. And I suck at math. I really can't do anything about that. But you're right. I had to compensate. But what I love about your your story is very early on, you already believed that you were meant for greatness. Because here's the sad part. A lot of kids never ever reach their full potential because they don't believe themselves that they're meant to be great. And that belief is what you kind of need to work towards because potential ain't shit. Until you work hard and turn that into reality. But a couple of things I want to know. So while you were trying to, to, you know, tell yourself that you were great in times of doubt, because doubt is the biggest killer of dreams. And it's really what you do with that doubt that, you know, that pushes you to become great or it just stumps your growth right, right dead on the spot, right? How did you overcome that? Especially for kids that are listening to this. And then while you were actively trying to acquire experience outside of the classroom, what were the skill sets that you developed very that very well that I guess gave you a head start? Because again, you don't get scouted by Globe straight from the get-go if, you, if they didn't see potential beaming already at the very start. Okay. Very, very uh, good question, but a tough one to answer because it's easier said than done to be honest about yeah. it. So even up to now, I, I would always have self-doubt, but it's that internal belief, as, as mentioned, just push through um, and and call myself great um, every step of the way. So for, for me, it's 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 three things. One is I always have that what they call inspiration. Inspiration is more of like a long term path, okay. long term path for myself, for the people I care for, for my family, etc. And it's different facets from financial, career, personal, etc. So inspiration is like I just look up and like this is this is the path I want. Yeah. So next is like. What is then from inspiration to motivation? So motivation is like, what can I do now? What's, what's happening right today? Or what are opportunities I have today that I need to take advantage to get and realize that inspiration? So more of like, oh, I have a job. I'm in UP. It's a good thing. I have to hustle, et cetera. So those nuggets of motivation allows you to just move a little step, like one yeah. step, one step, take one action, step. And technically. So from inspiration, motivation to actually taking small steps of actions, because mm. I realized like, I have the tendency to like dream big and therefore create big, bold actions. And I, I've done that. And at, at one point, I exhaust my energy because of just carrying that bold uh, idea in my head is taking so much energy Yeah. Uh, versus just focusing on small steps to achieve that. So I think that's one general thing I try to practice. Uh, mm. Harder, easier said than done. But uh, I yeah. think it, 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 pushed, uh, it helped me uh, throughout the way. Your, uh, I guess, it's, uh, second point uh, around... Skills. Uh, Skills to pay yes. the bills. Mm. Honestly, again, 
turning opportunity uh, turning struggles or challenges into opportunities like i've i've always been an introvert or i call myself like selective extrovert um and it allowed me to actually pause listen and process so oftentimes i'd be in a meeting or in any session sitting down and just listening and only start saying when i have something significant or meaningful to say yeah. i think that allowed me to immediately stand out or spot uh i guess what others are saying right and wrong process organize and then say it so the strategic thinking logical thinking as an introvert allowed me to um propel and take my way throughout my career to be honest about it so <laughs> man uh, you, you you did an amazing job because you're faking it until you make it but look at you you're killing it so that's amazing and you're right um this is a shout out to a lot of the kids right now because again again this this is a ongoing theme from generation to generation when you're young it's easy to get overwhelmed right um a lot of the people in the workplace that i work with that i've encountered with always throw that word lightly or just loosely like, oh my god i'm overwhelmed right dude everybody's overwhelmed and it doesn't matter where you are in your career there will always be that daunting mountain that you're gonna have to overcome you're gonna get overwhelmed the the the, the farther you're, you are you get in life and in your career, there's always going to be a mountain that is overwhelming. But what I love about what you, you said is that, you know, you have to process and take action. Because most people, again, you haven't even tried. You get overwhelmed when you already quit. Then you don't really push yourself to the boundary. You don't know how good and or how great you can become because you did not take action. Because at the end of the day, you have really nothing to lose, right? Agreed. It's either if you don't take action, then status quo persists. It's just scary. You're you're there. You're stuck, right? Or you take action and you discover new things about yourself and you um, build confidence. And that's what I want to start asking you about. Because again, you've already gotten this great head start with the internships. For sure, that boosted your confidence. When uh, confidence, your confidence uh, when you got to Globe. What was that hustle then when you got to Globe? And what are the first things you had to do? Okay, uh, so. All throughout my college, I wanted to be uh, a CMO. I wanted to be part of marketing. Yeah. But when I got into Globe, as, uh, I, I got in as a management trainee, or they call it management development program. So it's like empty, group of like nine, 10 people. Yep. Um, and you're throwing around assigned, everywhere. Yeah, throw, throw <laughs> you around everywhere. Exactly. And my first few months, I was in sales. I was selling SIM cards on the street. On nice. the streets, like literally. So I was assigned around Tondo, uh, Quiapo, Victoria, oh etc. <laughs> the hood. Okay, you went to the hood. So that's the training they give. Um, oh and I was doing that for a few weeks to uh, three months. And I was selling. And, and, and I started like, why am I doing this? I should be in the corporate office, building great things, creating amazing commercials and whatnot. But then I realized. So I did that and then went back to, to, to the head office doing mostly strategy. And when I started looking at like numbers, analytics, and whatnot, mm. putting a face and an understanding of your customers on the ground whenever you see uh, an acceleration of growth or decline allows you to have a different perspective in terms of yeah. how you look at numbers. It, it keeps you grounded. And I think, again, I don't know if it, it was intentional or intentional, but I think that allowed me to, again, take that perceived challenge at the start and turn it into a perspective for me to stand out in discussions. Uh, so I think that's kind of how it started. And I started falling a lot in love around strategy because it strengthened my logical way of thinking and thought process 
that I mentioned that uh, allowed me to go through through it. So I did I did strategy uh, most of my few years in Globe, mm-hmm. uh, but then I had to be moved to brand or product, okay. which is what I wanted ever since. Mm-hmm. Or there's this news, I guess tech. There's not new. There's this tech company inside Globe. They wanted to turn around. Yes. And my former boss said, "Join me as strategy uh, head." Mm-hmm. So it was like my, my the brand dreams are like this. This, 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 this potentially uh, startup that could fail or or whatever. So, mm-hmm. so I joined. I, I chose that because it was, again, a path that is different, a path that I could make my own uh, and, and turn it around and make it a great story for me and learning experience. It. So I, I went to Gcash. And that wow. Was my Gcash and this is very early in the game. I love how you always analyze situations because it's easy also from uh, human nature's point of view. To follow the herd, right? Yeah. Strength in numbers type of thing. But it's an entrepreneurial treat when you go contrarian. When you go awry and it's like, oh my God, why is he trying to do that? And this is a common theme in my life. My mom would always uh, growing up like, why, why are you not following the group? Why are you doing so many other things on your own? And you're like, I don't know. I, I never fully understood, but it's just in my nature. And I think that's also in your nature that, you know, there is a nice shiny ass path with gold pavements on it. And then you see this treacherous dark alley and you're curious to see what's there. Maybe there's a pot of gold, right? And I love it. But again, you saw early on that there's, there might be something in Gcash. But I want to understand what were the things that you saw early on? Again, because Gcash in 2015, 2016 isn't the Gcash that we know, know of now. Because obviously you stayed there for almost five years all the way to becoming chief customer officer. So that was a great path and we'll discuss that in a bit. But what did you see in Gcash in 2015 where QR codes didn't even exist? You know, that was something that what was the bare bones version of Gcash and how did you then contribute to help growing it? Okay, Gcash, I remember and I think it was shared publicly before like Gcash is known to have like, I don't know, eight, 70 plus million customers a day. When we started, I remember putting in slides like 1.5 million. Oh, so it was very small and very smaller, like even smaller active users. And the model there was heavy B2B. Like we had yep. um, payroll partners that use uh, Gcash card to be able to get their salary. So very small, but quite that was the biggest chunk of the business. There was also a small remittance where it was still alive then, like P2P remittance. Like um, you go to 888, send money to your friends and yep, loved ones, yep. etc. Pick it up in a Gcash out and set. And that mostly was it. text-based, right? Because it's not text-based. It's not the, the, the Gcash where the app is flourishing as the main point of, of of interaction. It's it's a lot of it. It's again, I remember using Gcash, but it's not what how how dependent I am on it now. I agree, and 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 I think the biggest push for me, honestly, was was the people. My boss back then. Um, Give him a shout out. Who is this boss? Uh, John Rubio would know this. Uh, John there Rubio, you go. Uh, Mo yeah. John Rubio of Facebook now. <laughs> yes. There you go. Um, so John painted the picture of the vision of the possibility. And I trusted that vision. And I said, I could actually play a part in this vision and make something uh, that would make a dent in the lives of Filipinos. And I've always been inspired by like, joining companies that actually make an impact. Like same with Globe, same with Gcash, and same with the rest that I've joined. Uh, so I saw that. It painted a picture. But it was tough. Like honestly, again, coming from the comfortable office of TGT of Globe Tower, since we wait, were a new entity. Oh no, wait. 
This no, is no, the, the new one. Uh, the, the, new the new one. one, the, new one, one now. one. <laughs> the new one. The new one. I yeah, thought yeah. you got to pioneer with a lot. No, 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 no. But I, I started there. I started there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, okay. So, so uh, I was strategy. So there were times that I, I'm actually at the 27th floor where the CEO is. So very like corporate, comfortable and whatnot. Since we're, we, we were setting up a separate entity, um, we didn't have an office. So we literally, and, and the, the early Gcash uh, folks would know this, we literally were in a storage room. What? They call it a meeting room, but it's a storage room, I think, 16th or 14th floor in PGP. Okay. And yeah, it's like four or five of us like working there, uh, setting up the company. Uh, so I was, I was doing strategy, but the strategy was like from doing five-year business plan, okay. but also choosing what chairs to purchase for a new office. What what I, I remember there was a meeting and John was holding like, Two types of, I guess, uh, and the current tiles that we will use in the office. So which one do you <laughs> or like? Carpet. Yeah. So carpet. Yes, carpet. Carpet. So, so you knew, that that was the extent of um of what I was doing. I love um, it. Within a few months, we launched the company. Uh, and and surprisingly, I, I so Mint. If you're familiar with Mint. Yep. Um. So there was an internal contest where they asked employees to name the company. So I actually named Mint. It was originally M I N T, but it turned M Y N T because Mint was registered already. So ah. there's that. But within a few months, we moved to the office, and then we started hunting or or finding like investors mm. because we needed to scale. Right. Um. Luckily, I was part of the core team. Um. Who pushed through with the one of the biggest fintech deals early on, like uh, with Alipay and Financial, Ayala and Globe Telecom. So I was there. We went to China a few times, did the whole deal negotiation, pitched five-year plan. It was my most intense work because there was, I remember there was like due diligence. Again, taking it till you make it. Like who am I? Like four <laughs> years into my job doing due diligence, explaining the history of, of Gcash and also Right. Convincing them that there's a path to uh, making this a, a unicorn or whatnot. Right. So, so yeah. So literally, I think in two weeks, the due diligence. I was sleeping in 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 the office because wow. we finished like late. We create slides for the next day and start eight a.m. Okay, couple things. Uh, I'm not gonna ask you where you showered, where you did your things, and all that. <laughs> right. But I want to understand before I take our first break because one thing that I'm super duper duper impressed with with peeps at globe is how you just guys plan ahead not 12 months in 24 months in but you seem to have like the hustle share time machine but it's always forward looking you always go into the future and see what how, what this can be and how big it can possibly be when it's not even in plain sight it's not even the horizon and if that's what you're pitching right and it maturity the time it does materialize right couple things i want to know um, what were you pitching to these investors that allowed them to buy, buy in? Because at the, again, it's sort of faking it till you make it also. Like, all right, this is what we see. Then eventually when the money comes in, that's what startup life is. You pitch a grand ass vision that you see and most of the time people tell you you're, you're crazy or stupid. And then somebody takes a bet and you have to materialize it. But what was the vision? And what was the basic tenets of Gcash when you're doing this when mass adapt adaption hasn't even happened. What were you already planting and what was that roadmap that you saw? Okay. The vision has always been like a cashless nation. Um, because it's it's always been inspired by our one of our investors, which is Ant Financial in, in China. A cash nation where everyone just carries their phone and navigate their lives through their phones. 
I think that was the pitch, but that was like a long vision, like five years in the making. So I think in between in creating the strategy, you need to find like, what's your six to 12 months proof points that something might happen. Mm. And then from one to five, four years, what are strategic bets that are in the pipeline to actually make it happen? So I guess that those are like the two bridging exercises that we did. So a cashless nation then requires like we need a, a solid app and we had an app, but it wasn't good enough. So we asked going through the, the, the deal process. Actually, we were already building the roadmap for the app uh, because we wanted to show them that it's possible and doable. And we also show them like, Oh, we, our current active users are very engaged, very active. And, 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 uh, we, we then bridging it from. 6 to 12 to 12 to like the fifth year, mm. then that comes with our strategic investors. We have Globe, we have Ayala, we have Ant Financial. So if, with all of these three partners, Globe bring in the understanding and local knowledge and like 80 million plus customers. Yeah. There's a path towards acquiring and converting them to digital. Ayala with its different entities to be able to, let's say, we launched our first QR uh, mall in, in, in Glorieta. We were there and Jack, we invited Jack McCarthy to try out QR using, uh, buying Taho and then Ant Financial with their technology expertise and know-how. So that's the bridging process. And, um, yeah, they, they bought it. And now you're seeing Gcash today. That is it amazing. Is. It's just, again, it's just having that, that, that future vision of seeing what you've seen. And this is what I wanted to, this is going to be the theme of what our, uh, uh, episode would be. That this is, there is a regional play. If you did not look outside of what our neighbors are doing, then people will be like, ah, this is the status quo. This is how it's just supposed to be, right? But a lot of what we can use and how the, the, the country can elevate into the next, again, a version of what it could be, a cashless nation where everything happens through the phone, happens when you see your neighbors thrive in it. And you just really have to look at the unit economics and the foundations to make it work. And that will be what we will be talking about later on with Big Pay because now you're at the regional play. Well, let's talk about that more after the break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about... 
up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at sasschallenge.ph. That's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We are still with Chris Mangara again. Told us the amazing hustle, man. How how young were you when you were CMO of Gcash in 2017 to 2020? I think I was 26. 26. Holy shit. <laughs> okay, so side side thing. Not a lot of 26-year-olds become CMOs. And you already got to where your North Star was. Said, all right, I wanted to be a CMO of a company, not just a random company, right? Not a random startup, but Gcash. But again, uh, as you move up the ranks, there is massive imposter syndrome. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do. You will always be that. But a 26-year-old being fed to the wolves with all these big boys, how did you overcome that? And how did you, you know, again, overcompensate, I guess, and to deliver what's needed to be done? Okay. Uh, very good question. Because I agree, like, in my vision board in my head, yeah. Getting to a CMO was like around early 30s. Yeah. So I got it 26. And, and there's a story there. So uh, as mentioned, that I, I was doing strategy close. When we closed the deal, I said, I want to, I think I'm done with planning. I want to okay. start creating impact. Mm-hmm. And I actually r- remember asking John, I want to, I want that role. Like give it to me and I'll prove that I could do it. Wow. Um, because again, like the ambitious us, uh, like just get it and then figure it out. So I, I got that's it. what startup life is. <laughs> Shoot, <laughs> so, aim, uh, ready, fire, aim. There you go. So I asked for it, um, but but then to, to your point in terms of how I navigated around it, I wanted to shift the perspective of marketing to become towards more growth. And it was an early concept back then, okay. but I was pivoting towards more growth because I understood that I don't want marketing just to be a cost center. I don't want marketing just to be a neighbor, like creating graphics, materials, and managing social media. That's one important part, but I think there's more to what marketing can do. So shifted to more growth. Okay. I think that went back to my, to your point, compensating. Like, what am I passionate about? I love understanding customers. I want bridging customers to the numbers that we see. And that's how we created the growth. So I remember I was from, from my strategy team. I like a very small team, I shifted their roles to like, oh, you're now acquisition. So you, you you acquire customers, find different channels to acquire, and then we'll understand the funnel and how they're converting. And I have like this this analytics guy helping me strategy, like, oh, you're now engagement. So uh, mm. whoever we acquire, uh, we will. You, it's your job with it after 30 days of acquisition to make sure they stay and and do a lot of retention, things. Retention, right? Mm-hmm. Retention, recovery, upsell, crosssell. And then yeah. there, I have another team like churn management. So like, what are drivers of churn? Why are people stopping? So uh, he, she, she would try to orchestrate like, oh, we need to throw in an incentive or we need to fix customer experience, customer service. So that's how it started growing. And then bits of that is like, oh, acquisition is not getting enough volume. So we need to start building brand awareness because okay. we need to beat things. So th- that restructuring shifted the impact that I create from just oh, creating award-winning materials, which is again, good. Nice. Also, it's something that 
impacts the business. So I was mainly, um, I guess, involved and 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 ac- accountable in in the driving team metrics for 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 Gcash. And of course, this culminated to you becoming chief customer uh, officer in 2019, 2020. So again, you were head of marketing growth, product UX. Good luck, man! Oh my God, and customer experience. But here's a really big question in my head: How does a 26, 27 year old lead? And because at the end of the day, yes, you're going to overcompensate with results, but you're probably handling people that you just literally pivoted careers for. They're probably what, five, six, seven, ten 10 years older than you. And they have, you know, habits, whether good or bad. And who's this young gun trying to tell me this is what it is? How did you get your buy-in? Because you, you didn't get their buy-in. Of course, the results uh, won't, won't, won't show because, of course, this culminated 2019, 2020 with the magic moment where the pandemic is the biggest booster. Everybody, all the seeds you planted, all of a sudden, full bamboo yeah. shoot, right? Um, but you, when you're planting the seeds, you got to get these people to and their egos, you know, onto the side to deliver what you needed. How did you get that done from a leadership perspective? I'd go back to one of the things I started with in terms of I always told myself I meant for greatness. Mm. But I think realizing my dream early on. I looked back and understood that I got here not because of just on my own doing. I got here because there are people who believed in me, who believed in this young boy who was just so ambitious and uh, wanted to take all of the job or the work that, that he mm. can take. And that's kind of how I structured my management style. I always say that I'm about enablement and empowerment. So okay. enablement means like you can't, I mean, I learned this from someone like I, you can't code until you teach. Uh, I, I try to enable as much as I can so that eventually my team would be empowered enough to navigate and I guess not just do based on what I say, but give their own thoughts and inputs in terms of their deliverables. So, but I can, they could only do that if they're well enabled. So meaning, um, do they have the right tools? They have the right budget, resources, team to support them. After that, for as long as we're aligned in terms of the end goal, up to you, just tell me how it's progressing. And I think that kind of, allowed me to navigate managing like young teams, but also like on the more experienced uh, members of the team because they're doing their own thing. It's their expertise. Where I add value is unlocking gaps or challenges. If they want more money, budget, approvals, I'll do that. So letting them be, but making sure we're all aligned in the end goal. So playing the role of an enabler and also someone who holds accountability for that. But last question before we now go to... Google and Big Pay. What were the metrics you cared about? Because again, this is the that 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 coming out party of Gcash where the the roof just blew open. During those 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 periods of your CMO to chief customer officer, what the, what are the metrics you cared about the most and why? Okay, I think the chief customer officer was like a culmination of like it's a reflection of who I am in the company. Right. Meaning, if I, I tried to make sure that. So again, I was focusing on growth and our growth metric, most important growth metric back then was monthly active users because it's a testament of the product value to the customers. Yeah. And at the same time, it's, 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 it's one of the key metrics for valuation. Um, so monthly active users, but at the same time, uh, revenue per user, et cetera, et cetera. Um, okay. So I was obsessed there. But then you'll realize that marketing and growth can only do so much. You need, there's a big influence of product experience. Yes. Drop off, optimizing screens and whatnot. That's why product design eventually came into fold of, of the team. Uh, eventually, customer support was a big, uh, I guess, uh, issue of some of the churners. 
because they forgot their MPIN, they can't call the hotline, etc. <laughs> or I they mean, got hacked. They gave it to their Joa and then somebody <laughs> siphoned all the money. Just kidding. Common common problems, and that's why we so we 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 wanted to be more involved there. And actually, like it it's amazing. It, it's now amazing um, uh, today. So that's why it culminated to customer experience. I chief customer officer. So everything that touches on the customer, mm. I, I I manage and. The metrics are mostly acquisition, monthly active users, and revenue per user. That is amazing. All right. Now, after this, you went to a different office somewhere near uh, Wildflower in, in BGC, <laughs> right? And you went the Google route. So, man, that would, that would, that's another fish out of water because all you knew from your career standpoint is Globe and Gcash. What led you to go to, to become industry manager in Google and become a Googler at that point? Yep. Uh, I knew when we started, uh, to your point, pandemic, uh, bamboo shoot, when we started hitting our year-end targets as early as like April, May, I said like, okay, I think I've done what I can and I've accomplished what I wanted within this company. Um, early on, I also realized I'm more of a, I get excited more of like zero to one and maybe zero mm. to five, one to five. So Hala, when we were this on is the pa- founder shit, this, this is it, <laughs> man. If I see you in a few years and you're doing your startup, you're gonna have to be back here on, but on founders only, now. Okay. Yes. Mm. So so uh, so I said like, okay, I wanted the more, uh, I wanted a path to regional. Um, okay. So I was I was searching for something more regional based, and I was actually looking for like the Fed Globe. I mean, Gcash. Maybe I find another G, like Gojek or whatnot. So, so, so like my, my, my joke to myself. But then uh, Google reached out. I mean, there was a Google opportunity. And Google has always been one of those back of my head dream company. Uh, but I always told myself I'm not, I'm not good enough to actually get into Google. So when, they, when the opportunity came, I actually just wanted to try. And then going through the process, meeting these amazing people and being exposed to a global tech company. Like literally running our lives in terms of like search and every every single day. I said like I want to be part of this, and it it kind of still aligns with my next goal of like regional because if you're in Google, it's easy to move around the yeah. the the region. And, and once you have that in your CV, dude, you're a Googler for life. It doesn't matter exactly. if you're an active Googler or an alum. So so I I joined and that was during the pandemic, and actually I call it the perfect timing because okay. being part of Google, who cares about like truly champions and practices like mental uh, well-being, it was very helpful for me to be exposed to that and actually truly care for, for the employees on a global on a global perspective. Of that. Got it. All right. Now, okay. So you're there for Google. I'm just going to breeze through this because you're only there for all, more roughly a year and a, and a couple months. Well, yep. what's that Google experience? How did Google transform you further and what are the type of skills you then uh, got? Because of course, if you wanted the regional, of course, the skills you needed were regional skills. Right. Yeah. Yes. I, I think it was very conscious to me that it's not marketing. Though my marketing skill sets will be helpful engaging with companies, uh, it was more of a business development sales. And mm. that was a conscious decision because that was a skill set I know I needed to develop if I want to be, let's say, like a CEO in the future. We don't know. Moodle. There you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I did that. I was handling different industries, like telco, travel, and whatnot, um, dealing with different sea levels. I think being comfortable talking to 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 sea levels, being comfortable actually selling and hitting targets was a big learning experience for me because it's totally new. Being from the client side, 
now Google actually pitching and and and, and driving, um, convincing people. That was tough. It was unnecessary, um, uncomfortable experience for me, which was very helpful because it was it, helpful because it was within the Google lens of like training and development. Right. So like we have this massive tools of just like how to sell, understanding the product. Right. You right. could just reach out to anyone globally and, and and learn and talk to them. That was such a it it gave me a global mindset. Um, mm. So I think that was the key takeaway. I love it. All right. After that, of course, you again. What I love is you're also becoming uh, you become a professor. You're a lecture lecturer as well uh, on the side. But we'll talk about your side hustles later because you like Mark Prof and all that. But now let's talk about Big Bay. So what, what, what led you to leave again? Because a lot of people, here's what I always known of Google. If you don't leave early, you're going to be a lifer. Yes. Right? <laughs> uh, they always say that, that it becomes just too good to leave. To, to leave. So what, what did you experience? Like, man, all right. Uh, you, what did you, how do you prevent to become <laughs> a lifer? Uh, and what was the opportunity with Big Pay like? Yeah. So again, the path. I was I was planning to stay two to three years uh, in 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 Google and be assigned like regionally, but then the opportunity from Big Bay came, and again, it, I, I always have this like triggers that Big Bay triggered the memory. I remember uh, 2018, I was in a Money 2020 conference in Singapore. I was still with Gcash then, mm-hmm. and then Tony Fernandez started launching like Big Bay. Uh, started talking about Big Bay, like how it's part of Air Asia. It's going to change the landscape of, of Southeast Asia. Yep. They did it in Aries and they're doing it with, with Big Pay. And I said, like, oh, this is an interesting pivot of a wallet because there's a core segment that they can serve the travelers. They're like, okay, I'll keep this in mind. And then a few years later, there's this opportunity of like leading growth team for the region. Like, okay, let's try it. And then I got in. So that's why I was okay to stay with Google. But if there's a path that accelerated that, maybe I take this. Um, and it wasn't a leader. It, it wasn't a market leader. And I wanted that. I wanted to be part of the turnaround story, and but they had the right ingredients. They want yes, they they had the right ingredients. They they're backed by an AirAsia. They have a regional presence, and that's something we could we could uh, actually take advantage of. Okay, you got in right. Now walk me through. So now again, middle of pandemic, were you still stuck here? You had to relocate. What was that? And again. You now want to be part of the underdog story. And again, you've done it in Gcash when it was zero to one and you were in the middle of a warehouse in TGT and whatnot. But what 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 did the what did you then encounter when you got in? When what were the first things that you did? Uh I was still in the Philippines because it was the pandemic. Um I eventually started traveling more when when the borders opened up. So I was uh I was in Actually, in different countries, so Malaysia, Singapore, and Air Asia for you then. At that point. <laughs> exactly. So that's the benefit of being part of Air Asia. So sometimes I also uh, go to Thailand because we're also launching there. So a lot of traveling. Okay. And again, that was also part of my dream. I want to travel for work. <laughs> so <laughs> at least it's just West like, Philippines. Either you have to cross, cross back and forth. My God. Yeah. Uh, um. So yeah, I think it's it's always very refreshing and interesting whenever you join a company. And you see, you meet new people, new behaviors, new ways of working. And the, the team that I joined was like an ASEAN powerhouse. They came from different um, groups of, or companies uh, that are known in the, in the region. And just working with them as if like you're like, like colleagues and whatnot. Again, that doubt and imposter syndrome kick, kicks in. But it was a very fulfilling and, and amazing learning experience for me so far. Um, and then the amazing thing is like, uh, since, 
Tony Fernandez uh, is is something uh, he he truly believes in the potential of big pay. Uh, so there are key opportunities to actually get to work with him and and like have brainstorming with him and that's that's and and again it's another trigger like Apprentice Asia. I love that show and I said like ah, I'll, I'll never get a chance to do this. They're so good, but now I'm actually like I, I, yeah. I hope I without get, cameras I don't get to, on and you get to do yeah. it. Day to day. And I hope I don't get to a point like you're fired. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but but yeah. Uh, if you're gonna get to become your own founder down the road, you have to do it, bro. I'm sorry. There, there, nobody is unscathed. The only one that says that he's never fired anyone, and I call bull every time that I know is Ray Rifundo. Because his his employees are all his cousins, right? So he can't <laughs> <burn> <laughs> no, but it's it's a it's a joke. But man, that's amazing. So okay, you come in here, you're head of growth, right? I, I want to understand from a foundational point of view first, right? What are the exciting projects that, that you guys are working on in Big Bay? Because again, you've had a similar experience before, but this is regional, and it's in a foreign land. Consumer behavior is different, you know the the. The unit economics and then all these uh, nuts and bolts are different. What are the things that you guys are working on? I agree. Uh, I love that you mentioned units, unit economics because that's one of the key things you're forced to fully embrace because yep. in each country, there are different regulations in terms of how much you can charge, what's the revenue model, etc. Uh, and it's, it's unique per country. Therefore, if in, in certain countries where there's less opportunity to charge, so where's your opportunity to monetize or find profitability? They have to um, configure it, uh, but then again, marketing and growth is about like creating value for the customers, so that the customers are willing to pay back the company, and it, it builds that cycle. So it's it's a unique way of looking at not just marketing efforts, but also the gross profit of each of the of, of the services you offer and how that totals your overall PNL. So it's more of a commercial mindset uh, at the end of the day. So I think um, it it really helped that. Big Pay was really a very scrappy startup. Like everyone could just do anything that they want. And I think being the natural, like uh, uh, someone who just wants to look into like different aspects of business that kind of opened a gateway to like look into the product roadmap, the commercial and business model, et cetera. And what are countries that might have higher propensity for profitability to launch, et cetera. So it was a lot of things happening and um, very exciting. Uh, yeah. Every single day, but with that, with that diversity, I want to understand, of course, impact. Right? Yes, you're, you're always thinking growth, and that that's how you've always been wired, and you've proven it before. And again, this is another mountain you have to overcome. But what are the th- offerings that you guys are, that are that you see that are going to create the most impact? Because again, this is a very competitive space, also. It is right. It is. So how do you do that? As as mentioned, in each of the countries we're present, and they're already like leaders. Like in the Philippines, you have Gcash and Maya. Uh, in, in, in Thailand, what you built? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. And, and, but we, we, our, our model is 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 regional. So yeah. we take value from a regional as a whole. Um, so for me, like personally, like I'm okay not to be the leader per se, but the leader in the segment we want to own. Mm. So what do I mean by that? So if if we we have Air Asia and they serve like millions and millions of travelers across the globe. How can I be part of that? That's a simple, logical uh, question to answer. So one of the exciting products we recently launched is actually you can now link your Big Pay into AirAsia Super App or AirAsia Move. Uh, so, okay. so, so once you link, you could see your balance, top up, pay QR, and then seamlessly pay 
within the whole ecosystem. Because again, if they have millions of customers, they process millions of, of volume, why isn't big pay there? So it it's and so payments is one and linking. The next thing that are exciting would be like embedding key financial services as relevant to travelers. QR payment as mentioned. So we have QR payments where you could use it across um uh, Thailand, um Indonesia, Philippines in the future and whatnot. So that's one. Another thing is like we we actually did like an informal survey across our uh, Southeast Asian customers and asked like, do you have financial goals? And surprise, I mean, what's good is like 60% said they have financial goals. Uh, ask me what's their number one financial goal. Mm. Well, what do you I mean, think is their number one financial goal? Guess. It's a big answer and they just want to be rich for sure. <laughs> what, That's what, true. Right. That's true. Um, but but the, the, the details of it is like number one, I actually, the third, the third thing they want to, uh, they want to save for emergency funds. So I think that's good. That's the, very the second thing Filipino, is, by the way. <laughs> it's an Asian. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so they want to be uh, emergency, retirement, okay. but they're number one, like 60 to 70% of respondents said like, they want to save up for travel. So I think it's very innate to us, like Southeast Asians, to be able to explore the region or the world. Okay. And I think that kind of triggered like if, if big pay is about financial well-being and financial literacy and then we have this air asia how can we combine these strengths and um so payments is one you'll see exciting stuff like stash like how can i start saving let's say my wish my, my dream is like i i want to book a travel to australia okay so i lock it in with a stash or within super within air asia or big pay uh maybe through partnership we have a they have a discounted uh, ticket because they're locking it early and then I start saving. Like every transaction I do, there's a bit. Mm. Th- we have a product called Roundup. So like every transaction I do, uh, a dollar would go to that stash. The moment I hit it, you could use it to pay and then unlock your dream. So embedding it in their daily lives is 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 such an exciting thing. So when we launched Stash and Big Pay in Malaysia, I think immediately, like organically, ten to twenty percent of our active users started using it. Now millions of uh ringgit in in Malaysia are being stored in their stash. Because they're saving up for their goals and their dreams. So that's I think that's amazing. a powerful thing to have. Right. And again, just, just look at how many people go through Kelia too. That's basically the <laughs> the Air Asia terminal anyway. Yes, it's the terminal right? for Air Asia. The moment you come in, it's all red and it's freaking exhausting to go everywhere. Just imagine how many people go through that on a daily basis. Easily one of the most exhausting airports to go through as a fat man. I was like, <laughs> I'm so tired after. But again, I love the the way you're doing this because again, you're, you're not you don't you're not thinking zero sum now. Okay, I need to be a leader and whatnot, blah blah blah. You're taking the route of doing partnerships. And recently, you've signed a partnership with our friends from Union Digital Bank. Could you share more about the collaboration and how it's benefited you guys? And again, what are the things that you guys are working on together? Yep, we're super super excited. So we had the uh, a signing and a peer launch in, in Cebu, uh, which is one of the key strategic, uh, regions in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Philippines has always been part of, um, the strategic, uh, countries that Big Pay and AirAsia wants to be part of. Yeah. And no, no bias at all. Uh, of, the course, of course. Of course. That's it is. There is bias at all. There you go. <laughs> um, and, and, and we said we, we, for us to launch faster, it makes sense to do partnership. Again, it's about that value that I said. If if the partnership allows us to strengthen a differentiated value offering to customers mm-hmm. and the customers are willing to give it back and both would, would benefit, mm-hmm. why not do it with partnership? So we did this partnership with, with Union Digital. 
Um, and and right now we're building the same, I guess, concept of like if there are travelers in the Philippines, how can I make seamless payments within that? So that's one. But unlocking opportunities like let's say migrant workers, like our OFWs are a big segment. How can we work together? Like sending money, saving up for 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 the travel back home. Later on, like lending. So maybe there's an opportunity to optimize and fulfill your dreams by unlocking access to credit. Uh, so a lot of these things we're we're working on with Union Digital and like it's just nice to find a partner where we're both aligned in terms of our mission to serve the Filipinos. That is amazing. And I, I want to remember because um I have I had I had Henry Aguda a couple weeks yes. ago uh, on the episode. You know, amazing, amazing episode as well. And the one thing that's a common uh, denominator that I'm hearing here is financial inclusion, right? Just there's so much more untapped them, right? And typically from a bank or wallet point of view, again, being having experience in GCash and whatnot, uh, and here now in Big Pay, they're just high risk people that are so hard to tap from an institutional point of view that they're that that you know that's still untapped. So financial financial inclusion is really a word that being throw being thrown out there. And you know, um, I want to understand how does this partnership with UD or Union Digital Bank um, align that with you guys because there's so much more to tap on there and again with you guys working together i i can just see and imagine how how aggressive that would be yep uh, i think what's interesting about union digital and being part also of the, the abortis group uh so they have like a union bank from my understanding and, and then they have advantage also. there you go yes so they have the expertise of a banking but the innovation and the speed of a startup with Union Digital to be able to serve faster these untapped or I guess um, underserved segments in, in in the country, and similar to us, like uh, we launched the very first like fully digital loan in Malaysia, and within few months, forty percent of the segments we tap are first to lo- first to credit or first to formal loan ever in their lives, and I think that I guess overlap of like the the segments we want to serve is just something super exciting uh, because I see like they, they do a lot of partnerships also to offer loans or credit or savings account to these similar segments. And I think powering up our, I guess, knowledge, know-how uh, just allows us to do that faster, better, and at scale. That is amazing. Just so I just do a segue also. Utang in Bahasa is also utang in Filipino. So it's the same thing. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of commonalities. You know, the most funny thing is in, uh, my wife and uh, my uh, co-founder in PNA, we went to KL uh, a couple last year. I was, I was, I broke my ankle. So they went around and then they started pedaling on the streets and it's like, ah, oh, mahal, mura. And people, People they didn't understand that every every word that they said is completely the same in Vasa. So again, again, the common thing about big pay if we're trying to do loan along with Union Digital is utang is the same in Malaysia, Indonesia, and the Palapans. There you yes. go. Utang is utang. So again, thanks so much. Appreciate that, Chris. Well, let's take our last break, and when we come back, let's fade forward because again, you have such an amazing story. But I doubt this is going to be the last time we're going to be here. You're, you're, you have the itchy. You have the contrarian tendencies and we're going to do that. But at this point, I want to see the, you know, the experience and the, the lessons that we have dissected. And of course, how uh, Big Pay can definitely scale further. But let's talk about that more after the break. 
Hey Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag Uno Ready Savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag Uno Earn or hashtag Uno Boost Time Deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag Uno Earn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. 
Dragon Pay was named Fintech of the Year at last year's Philippine Fintech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back in the break. We are still with Chris Munir again. To, told us the amazing stuff that they've been doing in, in being paid. But I want to d- do a deep dive further. Um, because at the end of the day, right? Um, metrics again. So here we go. Unit economic metrics and whatnot. What, what are the interesting things you've noticed in your user base? Okay. Apples to apples. What, what's the difference that you've seen with our regional counterparts from the Philippines having seen both sides of the coin now? What's interesting about the Philippines is the transition to QR payments was faster because um, it was from cash to digital mm. versus certain countries where there's higher banking penetration, they're used to cards already. So cards, so when we went to Malaysia and even Singapore, most especially Singapore, a lot of our users shift. I mean, that's why we wanted to keep the card product because it was a more seamless transition across what's already present in, in, in the sense. country. So that was, that was very interesting for me. Uh, the difference also is like Filipinos would have the tendency to start small. Like one of our biggest transactions before in Gcash was buy load. Like thingy thingy. Like I buy load yeah. um, and then eventually they start oh yeah. so buying load and then maybe I pay bills and then I send money. So those uh, micro transactions. Uh, but for certain countries and demographics they're actually like since they're he- heavy bank users they, they they use card heavy like uh, you'd see like big transactions um and and these would fall into specific segments like we have uh, an entrepreneur segment we have like digital nomad uh-huh. segments we have traveler segments so they okay. really spend a lot um so i think that it's a difference in segment it's a different of how they've been exposed to financial uh, services throughout their lives so that was interesting that is amazing. Okay, now let's pay it forward. All right. So again, yeah, young kid. How old are you? You're probably in your thirties, early thirties, right? Early 30s. Okay, but man, you still have this. You're not even your prime yet, and it's scary, scary yeah. times. Whoever, uh, what's going to be happening again? And a couple of things, and this is going to be be a little personal. Um, ambition, right? You you said you were always destined for greatness, but here's one thing that I've also <laughs> discovered: once you hit your bare minimum goal. And once you get there and you look like, oh my God, there's so much more to conquer out there, right? How did you now see what the ceiling is? Or is there even a ceiling of where you want to go? Because again, this is something that, again, you open, you see a new horizon and there's so much more ahead of you than looking back like, oh my God, that was it. And this is, this is what more I can overcome. Um, what does that look like now ambition-wise? And is that the same narrative of greatness? But is this greatness change in terms of form now? Is it more vivid or more ambitious this time? Okay, honestly, as you get older, as you, to your point, get exposed to these things, the more it becomes confusing. I thought it becomes clear as you achieve your goals. But no, it like since there, there are so many options, you see more people that have achieved like even greater things, etc., and and I think that's quite the reflection I've been having the past few years is that maybe I don't need to rush. Yes. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, savor every single day. Accept 
failures as neutral as they are and turn it around and not just like be defined by the failure that you experience or the challenges that you encounter. So I'm, I'm more there today. Nice. And if, if you ask me three, five years ago, what do I want? I want to be a CEO by 35 and retire by 40 and live the life that I want. Right. Now it's different. I want to favor each, each, I mean, I don't being want to be moment, technically. Day, being the moment technically harder as it is. And I think to, to my point in greatness, it pivoted a bit um, now and related to the other hustle that I have, like it's now about paying it forward. Like my own greatness is shaped Love by it. the people that trusted, trusted me. So now maybe it's time for me to help others discover the, their own greatness. So yep. that's kind of how I'm shaping all of the other things that I, I do in my life. So yeah, and again, I'm, I'm there. That's amazing. And that that's 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 why I love your story. Because um again, most people just never felt get out of that. No, not most people, some people, my bad. Let me correct myself. Some people just never get out of that hustle, but hustle grind, hustle grind, hustle grind. And then realize, oh my God, I just miss so much out of life that you know I, I miss so many things that you they you forgot to see the view. Like, oh my God, this is amazing, right? Uh that this is, you know, you just simmer in, let it simmer in uh while you 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 go through that journey. But what I love about it is that again, you're you're paying it for and you've been doing this for a while now. Uh subtle su- in a subtle way. But I want to talk about Mark Prof Foundation. Again, shout out. Uh Joe, uh Saigo, and of course uh being a lecturer in Chiang Kai shek. Does that feed into that uh that 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 desire to pay it forward now? And how does it do that? Yep. Uh that's exactly it. And as mentioned, I owe it to Mark Prof to land my first job. And I always tell this story, like because of Mark Prof, Globe offered me a job. And um, I paid it for it. Like immediately the next year after I finished Mark Prof, I volunteered as part of the training team. And I moved up the ladder, eventually becoming the Mark Prof president, I think on its 15th year. Wow. And it was it was very significant because like Mark Prof is a nonprofit organization and we actually need to raise funds. And within our 15th year, we needed like a f- fresh funding just continue our advocacy of like empowering the students. Yep. I think Mark Prof's mission is exactly my story. Like there are a lot of like provincial boys like me who actually have that self-doubt. Yep. And you can only break that self-doubt if you're exposed and trained and tell that person that it's actually possible, it's doable. Like once you start meeting a lot of like VP or director of marketing and whatnot that came and had the same story, it inspires you and drives you to actually like it's doable. Correct. So that was my story. And I think we wanted to do more of that. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I served. Uh, so uh, th- up to this date, I'm very active in the organization because I truly believe in it. Um, and then similarly through, through Joe, uh, mm-hmm. Joe said like, there's this uh, marketing stint in, in, in Chiang Kai-shek. Uh, right. Do you want it? Um, so I, I had a discussion with the previous president and then like I took it. Um, Interesting enough, like it was Manila, and I was in, I was in BGC. My my salary Man. was was just the travel. Yeah, but it was so fulfilling. I, I really understand like where teachers are coming from. Like that was just like three units per sem. Um, mm-hmm. it was a seven a.m. class. Sorry for my students. Uh, oh my but <laughs> sorry for you too. <laughs> yeah, the rush hour. No, but they had like to that. adjust. They had to adjust for me. Uh, but yeah, that was really amazing just because I, I wanted, I always wanted a teacher who actually had experience practitioner to layer into the theory 
Correct. And I wanted to be that teacher to them. And yeah, I mean, it, it's good. Once I got my first teacher's feedback and like, yeah. I, I, I had a very competitive, so like I had like 90, 98 point something nice. rating. Uh, but the feedback has always been like, yes, I mean, it's, it's fulfilling that thing of like uh, putting practice to the theory. Uh, that was very helpful. So, I mean, they would call out like being, being super early sometimes, but <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Long as you allow breakfast in class, then we're, we're, <laughs> right? That's amazing, and I, I love that. I love that. I love. I support a thousand percent people that want to pay it forward. Just hustle share is just a manifestation of how I. I'm not built for the classroom, right? But I can talk to anyone and document then their their greatness and whatnot. I continue to tell that story. It's it's my way of being forward. At least I don't have to go seven a.m. because I for sure will be the first one to be late. <laughs> No, I, I, failed, I failed the class last in college because it was 7 a.m. class. So nope, I nope. should have learned my lesson. Oh, man. But I want to understand, um, again, uh, Chris, from, from as a leader in this industry, what advice do you have for individuals who want to ace a career in fintech like you? I mean, ambition, I love it. It's easily one of the most illustrious careers at such a young age, by the way. right? Most people take what, 20 years to get half of where you, you've been through, right? And let's just call it a spade a spade. But you've been able to really breeze through this, take the, the right shots, be, be contrarian. But what would be your advice for those people who want to follow that same path? Uh, for, for me, it's always have some end goal in mind. It, it doesn't have to be like very detailed. You just need to have something to look forward to. If it's as simple as like, I want to be able to eventually buy a house for my family that's good enough because you need those like i guess nuggets of inspiration just to get through the, 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 the struggles so so have that and then work backwards um in working backwards you try to at least have some semblance of milestone every year and you could be aggressive or not but i think one thing i'm pivoting with my recommendation here is like follow your own pace like yes. success and growth it's personal to you. I think one of the key challenges of what you we've talked about, like some some folks today being overwhelmed, and I, I experienced that because we compare yes. his journey to my journey. Comparison and, is the thief of joy. <laughs> I agree, and uh, and that's that's one thing I'm I myself is trying to practice, like follow my own pace. My growth is personal to me. My success is personal to me. Um, I may be fast sometimes, but it's okay to be slow. Uh, so take that. If you don't hit your milestones, first of all, you have milestones, that's okay. Just follow through. And then find those opportunities where there's a potential detour. Mm. Like assess and be... And sometimes it's okay to take the risk because at the end of the day, if you take things in a neutral way, failure is just learning that's packaged differently. So... And I'm excited. I'm now being. I'm now excited in terms of discovering those unpredictable potential challenges or failures because it it makes the journey more exciting. So I think that that's one thing I suggest. And then lastly, like be be self aware of like your your strengths and weaknesses. As mentioned, I know my weaknesses. How do I compensate? I I overwork on my strengths <laughs> while I. Take the the weaknesses, so eventually it becomes my strength. Absolutely. So balancing those two while you go up the ladder yeah. of you. I love it. And again, you have to create your go-to move. Like for example, 
I totally agree. Like for example, shit. Okay, I'm putting, I'm being put in the spot, but I can always get into my bag and my bag of being a, a good communicator, the good salesman. Because be, be, because at the end of the day, in any type of business, I don't care what you do and what you you or what your business model else is is. But sales cure all. So I'll always go back to that, right? And exactly. when I'm put backed up against the wall, that's will all that's will always be my go-to move. And is it a weakness? And they're gonna yes, there is. Um, and again, but if you develop those go-to moves that you are probably A1 or your top 0.1%, then you're gonna be all right. That is amazing. Again, thank you so much, Chris. I'm pretty damn sure this is not gonna be the last time. You will be on Hustle Share for sure. You're going to have a continuation to your journey. And we'd love to document that when that happens. But for now, if they want to work with you in big pay, where do they go and how do they do that? Yep. Uh, right now, we're big pay. Uh, you can search big pay. Uh, we have our website, we have our social media. Uh, reach out to us if there are like any opportunities. And as mentioned, look at Big Pay as part of the bigger group Air Asia. And like we'd love to work with you if, if there are opportunities there. And yeah, look forward to launching in the Philippines very soon and be back home. So uh hope you look forward to that. Tapsilog is waiting for you. Uh, <laughs> all right. So Nasilamak can wait a little bit. All right. Well, again, thank you so much, Chris. But before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app. But you're listening to whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any type of podcast app. And if we did say some jargon, any important links, it's going to be in the show notes at hustleshare.com. And lastly, if you want to join our community, just like our amazing supporters that support the show. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you guys. Please go and subscribe at premium.hustleshare.com. Again, Chris, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. All right. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. 